It's the Hoffman Show, Team 980. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It is the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, in for Craig Hoffman. We'll take you up to 6 o'clock before handing things over to our coverage of Maryland Terrapins basketball. And, Anthony, I know you're a basketball guy. The Terps, an interesting case study this year, man. Every time Jameer Young goes crazy, they lose. It's it's the wildest thing in the world to watch. I feel bad for my boy, uh, if I'm being honest with you. They take on Rutgers tonight, so Xfinity Center uh, expected to be rocking. We got other big-time action around the Beltway as well. Caps back at home tonight uh, playing host to Montreal. The Caps are on a little bit of a stinker as of late. Loses a four in a row. Uh, you can listen to that over on our sister station, 106.7 The Fan. You know I love the NBA. Big-time hoops matchup. Suns hosting the Bucks tonight. Trade deadline in about 48 hours, so we'll see if either of these two teams stand pat uh, or make a big-time move before Thursday uh, at 4 o'clock Eastern time. I want to get right into it, though. Massive, massive day yesterday here locally. Dan Quinn officially introduced as the new head coach of the Washington Commanders, and watching it yesterday was was probably more of a treat than just getting the audio version. And I know we played the presser in its entirety on both the fan uh, and the Team 980, but just getting to watch it, if you get to go back and look on YouTube or the Commander's Twitter stream, the, the presser was was fascinating is the way I'll put it. And we got Josh Myers, or excuse me, Bob Myers, excuse me, in on the coaching search, correct? So why not call Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, and Josh Harris our new big three, man? They were all up there yesterday, smiling ear to ear, and they had the, the mentality of a group that feels like they have the whole world in their hands. They understand what's getting ready to happen over the next couple of months. They understand the journey that they're getting ready to embark on together. And I credit, you know, Josh Harris all the time whenever he takes the podium or whenever he's talking to someone in the local media. Ever since the day he took over, say what you want about him choosing not to fire Ron Rivera. Say what you want. Uh, about him trying to stand pat or, or or making the moves that he made at the deadline. Josh Harris, since the day he took over, has always shown to me that he 110% understands what this franchise is on the brink of. One of the most historic franchises in all of pro sports, the way I'll put it, has been in a damn coma, it feels like, for the past 25 years. And now all of a sudden it's doo-doo, There's life again. There's a pulse. We got renewed energy and passion around this football team. And watching yesterday's press conference, I think Dan Quinn, first of all, if you can't appreciate how open and honest he was and the candor that he showed, you're just a hater. And I know a lot of you out there were against the hire, and then when it actually happened, you were for the hire. I I don't care about what you actually think, right? Know this. This is the guy talking about Dan Quinn that Adam Peters chose. And the one thing I continue to harp on, the biggest hire of the offseason was Adam Peters. Point blank period. My The entirety of my life, the commanders have been run like a third world country. Having ownership, step over football guys, the scouts having their hard work go to waste. The days of that are over. And I think yesterday was another reminder of just how close we are to actually turning this thing around. And if you were watching it with close eyes like I was, there's a bromance that feels like it's starting to form, right, between Dan Quinn and Adam Peters. And Adam Peters, gosh, just sitting there 
gushing at DQ the whole time. DQ gushing and blushing back. They kept looking back and forth at each other, and I just can't help but notice, right, there's a genuine unity there. And look, in in a couple of years, two years from now, three years from now, they could all be fired, right? We have no clue how this is going to play out, or it could end up being a Super Bowl combination. But no matter what the result ends up being, the fact that we're actually going through the correct process finally, right, that's what matters more than anything. And I think Dan Quinn yesterday and Adam Peters as well, they continue to harp on and talk about a unified belief. And I think that is the most important thing of all of this. You can't build a consistent contender that's going to be competing for titles without having this organizational setup, without having everyone being on the same page. So while there are a lot of big-time decisions that still have to be made, no matter what ends up happening over the next couple of months and the next couple of years, for that matter, the fact that they're doing it the right way, the fact that they're going through the process properly, that's more important than anything. But just based on the track record, of the two dudes that are in power, and I'm saying two dudes, obviously Josh Harris and the ownership group have their hand in things, but I think Josh was pretty forthcoming yesterday about, look, I hired these guys to lean on them and to trust their decision-making process. So, yes, Josh Harris is aligned with Adam Peters and Dan Quinn, but at the end of the day, like I said earlier, Dan Quinn, or excuse me, Adam Peters is the straw that stirs the drink with this franchise right now to me. And yes, they're going to work in in unison, and there's going to be a collaborative effort. But at the end of the day, Adam Peters was named as the general manager for one reason. He's going to be tasked with putting the right pieces in place for Dan Quinn and and his football mentality and his football beliefs to be able to come to fruition. That's the most important thing about all of this. We got finally got the most important guys in an organization all on the same page. And I think a little bit yesterday, and it's only a presser, right? So you can only take so much away from it, right? You're supposed to win the press conference, right? I think we got to appreciate it wasn't just a bunch of cliches and coach speaking. I know all of you lost your mind when he said one of his favorite phrases is I'll be at where my feet are or whatever however you say it. The Ron Rivera quote that we all ran roughshod with over the past couple of years. It's a football, it's a football quote. Relax. You'll hear a bunch of different coaches throughout the National Football League say it. The difference, though, to me, between Ron Rivera and Dan Quinn, it was genuine yesterday, I thought, what you were getting from DQ. And for all of you lazy people out there trying to make the comparison, saying that Dan Quinn is Ron Rivera, clearly you don't understand why the Ron Rivera era failed here in Washington. The biggest reason why Dan Quinn isn't going to be like Ron Rivera is that Dan Quinn isn't in charge of personnel decisions. Dan Quinn is not going to make decisions that will ultimately impact Dan Quinn, the GM, in comparison to Dan Quinn, the coach. Huge differences. Huge differences here between these two. But as warm and fuzzy as it seems right now, you need this relationship, talking about Dan Quinn and Adam Peters, you need this relationship 
to make the tough decisions surrounding the football team. I'll keep saying it. I'll say it all offseason long. No matter how it shapes out, the fact that you're going through the process finally is the most important thing. But take this into account as well, right? With Adam Peters, with Dan Quinn, with the future of the organization, there is a type that they're now going out and looking for. And I think that's a really important piece of this as well. And I've referenced it, you know, a couple of different times when I've come on with Craig and when I'm on with Rooster. Adam Peters has a certain vision and a certain way he looks at football. In San Francisco, he called them his gold helmet type of players. That is what's next here in Washington. Evaluating this roster, figuring out who the cornerstone pieces are moving forward, and then ultimately you got to make the biggest decision of them all, right, Ant? You got to make a decision on what they're going to do at quarterback. And we all know that that is probably the biggest decision to be made here this offseason. What are you going to do at the game's most important position? As we go throughout the show here this afternoon, we'll give you a little bit of insight as to what Washington's going to do at quarterback. We'll let you hear from Dan Quinn. We'll let you hear from Lewis Riddick of ESPN. Multiple different people have already chimed in on what they think Washington should be doing at the quarterback position. They've got the number two overall pick coming up in April. They've got a litany of cap space. There are so many different ways I feel like Washington could go in terms of trying to build this roster out. Now, the big rumor and storyline that has surfaced here locally in the past 48 hours or so, Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt Jr., officially hired as the offensive and defensive coordinators here in Washington. Now, we know what Joe Witt's going to do coming over from Dallas, and we know what that defense was the past couple of years. The bigger question mark, and I think... The more fascinating storyline is Cliff Kingsbury. Not only from a standpoint of what is the offense going to look like, what has he learned since taking a hiatus from the National Football League, but we know there's a relationship out there that he has with one Caleb Williams. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll look at the big decision that Washington has to make from all angles. Lewis Riddick, NFL insider from ESPN, gave a pretty strong take on what he thinks Washington should do with their number two overall pick. That's next on the Team 980. It's Hoffman Show, Team 980. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham sitting in for Craig Hoffman. We'll take you up to 6 o'clock before we hand things over to our pal Chris Naki, who's got Maryland Terrapins basketball on tap for you tonight here on the Team 980. The Terps at home, Big Ten action hosting Rutgers, and we talked about it at the top of the show. Year two for Kevin Willard and the Terps has been a little bit of a challenge, right? Your best players not being as consistent as you'd like. Jameer Young, I said, has been amazing. Julian Risto can't stay out of foul trouble. We'll see uh, what Maryland's able to do tonight as they host Rutgers. want to continue, though, to talk about the big-time press conference that we had yesterday. Dan Quinn officially introduced and announced as the next head coach here in Washington and if you've been listening to me throughout the regular season, if you're listening to me toward the end of the regular season when it was a foregone conclusion that Ron and company would not be retained, it, it signaled and represented a perfect opportunity for Washington to hit the reset button and actually conduct themselves like a professional NFL outfit. 
You cannot have sustained success in the National Football League without having ownership, the head coach, and the general manager all be on the same page. They've got to be in lockstep on every decision. They've got to share the same football beliefs. I think after listening to yesterday's presser, it's very clear that this relationship, this bromance, as I called it, between Adam Peters and Dan Quinn, it's no facade. It's no, it's not fake, right? This is genuine. These are two guys that view the game the same way and are honestly perfect for each other. Everyone was complaining about a potential retread coach being hired here in Washington. We know how ridiculous that phrase is. But something that has been discussed here in the coming days since Quinn's been officially hired is this ownership group in them wanting to pair a first-time general manager in Adam Peters with an experienced head coach. And I think that's huge, especially when you consider the big-time decisions that are going to have to be made this offseason, decisions that are going to shape the future of this franchise. The big one, obviously, being what they're going to do at number two overall, right? I, I say this job is attractive for, for a multitude of different reasons. That number two overall pick, five picks in the top 100, 80-plus million dollars in cap space. But just as attractive as it is, it's a difficult job as well because there really is no excuse for this thing not getting turned around quickly. And the most important part of all of this is making sure that you get quarterback correct. Quarterback You've got to hit on it. We know the consequences of swinging and missing on a quarterback in the top five. It sets your franchise back. We've seen it here before in Washington. So if you're Adam Peters, if you're Dan Quinn, being in lockstep is the first thing. But now you've got to make the big-time decision. That's why it's important to be in lockstep because you've got to make decisions that are going to shape the course of history here in Washington. And that big decision is obviously what you do at quarterback. A lot of different people uh, across the National Football League have had different thoughts on what Washington should do with that number two overall pick. Here is Lewis Riddick of ESPN giving his thoughts on what the commander should do at number two overall. So if you're sitting there and you're Washington and you have Cliff Kingsbury and Caleb is from the area and he has a great relationship with Cliff already and he's tweeting out and rather he's putting on Instagram, my dog. I mean, come on, don't overthink some things here. This is, you know, football, we overthink a lot of things with football. Like I said, we twist ourselves up a lot of times trying to get to a conclusion that we know ain't the right conclusion. The right conclusion for Washington is do what you got to do to get this guy on your football team because nobody in your organization, and I mean nobody knows Caleb like Cliff Kingsbury does. So you don't have to call Lincoln. You don't have to call anybody. Just ask the guy who's now in your building. And if he gives him the stamp of approval, then you move heaven and earth to try and get in position to draft him because you ain't going nowhere with the people you got. Nowhere. Make it happen. Lewis Frederick coming strong about what Washington should do with that number two overall pick. We're going to have this discussion for the next couple of months between now and April. That That's what the offseason is going to be centered around. We know who the coach is now. We know who the OC is. We know who the DC is. Now it's about solving the game's most important position. And y'all know how I feel about quarterback and its importance. The hell with looking at it through the lens of the NFL. It is the most important position 
in all of pro sports. No singular position in professional sports has the impact that quarterback does. And knowing what this franchise has gone through at that position, knowing how history has treated this team, it's really difficult to decide what they should do here. I flip back and forth, it feels like, every day on what Washington should do at quarterback. And realistically speaking, looking at it through the lens of the draft, right, I think it's a one-quarterback draft. I know you're going to hear people pump up Jaden Daniels. I know you're going to hear people pump up Drake May. I think it's a one-quarterback draft. I think it's Caleb Williams, and then I think it's everybody else. And I'll go even further with that. I think it's Caleb Williams. Then I think there's a sizable gap. Then I think Jaden Daniels would be the bell of the ball. Then I think there's another sizable gap between him and UNC's Drake May. But from Washington's vantage point, from Washington's perspective, you have the number two overall pick. You have a litany of resources to acquire Caleb if he's the guy. Now, I, for one, think he is the guy, right? He is an alien, and I firmly believe that. There is no price too rich to try and acquire Caleb Williams. I know what Craig's going to say. I know what Chris Russell's going to say. I don't know what Kevin Sheehan's going to say on this because I think he probably loves him some Caleb Williams as well. But I, I, I see how it would make sense, though, right, to stay at two and build around a Jaden Daniels who fits like a glove, by the way, in Cliff Kingsbury's system. It would make sense to build up the offensive line and get weapons and improve the defense. All that's fine. I hear what you're saying about that. You need all of the resources that you could possibly have. I get that. But at the end of the day, I think it simply comes down to who's really him, right? Who's really the guy that we know is a slam dunk? And I know when we're talking about quarterbacks in the draft, no one's realistically a slam dunk. Whose tools, whose tools are worth betting on between these three guys? Because I know there's a consensus that it's Caleb, it's Drake May, it's Jaden Daniels. The decision ultimately is going to come down to which one of these guys do you fall in love with? Which one of these guys do you think has the tools to take you out the projects? It's basically how I put it. We have been project babies at the quarterback position. We can't find a long-term answer at the position. And while I understand the thought process of staying put in drafting whoever falls to you, you're in a rare situation and in a rare position right now where you can control your own destiny. The debate surrounding Caleb Williams it isn't whether he's the number one pick in the draft, but I think it's coming down to whether or not he is this generational, once-in-a-decade type prospect. He's got unbelievable arm talent, right, in terms of what he could do with the football, the horsepower that he's got on his right arm. It's No one stacks up to it that's come out here in, in recent memory, it feels like. Not even C.J. Stroud. Do I wish he played you know, on schedule a little bit more? Yeah. But I also think Pat Mahomes... And people are going to say that comparison is dangerous. Watch the damn tape. There are so many similarities between Pat and Caleb. But Pat is the example of, look, if you can corral that, if you could 
rein Caleb in without taking away the stuff that makes him special, I think you got to do whatever it takes if you're Washington to get this kid. You have to. Why, why not at this point? And I know I know nothing, right? I'm just a radio host. But at the end of the day, this is what I'll keep going back to. This is what I'll stand firmly on. At the end of the day, it's on Adam Peters and company. There's a lot of time to decide between now and April about what they will ultimately do at that position. But the thing I think we need to open our minds to as fans is you've got to be bet bleep crazy to think that everything, and when I say everything, I mean everything, isn't on the table right now in terms of the draft and in terms of the quarterback position, whether that's trading up, whether that's trading down, whether that's not taking a quarterback in round one, it's all on the table for this football team. And this will be a phrase I use, right, bookmark it, for the rest of this offseason. Despite what you armchair GMs out there on Twitter think you know about the NFL and what you think you know about football, despite what I think I know about the NFL and football, we are all at the mercy of the evaluation. We are all at the mercy of what Adam Peters and company decide to do. It's all on the table right now. And like I said, when Dan Quinn was hired, there should be no decision that AP makes this offseason that we turn our nose up at. This is what we've asked for. For the entirety of my life, we've asked for a GM, a head coach, and an ownership group to be in lockstep. Now that we have it, I don't think it's fair to go out and try to nitpick at decisions that are going to be made. Because at the end of the day, the track record of Adam Peters speaks for itself. The track record of Dan Quinn speaks for itself. When's the last time anything in this organization has sniffed a Lombardi trophy? Yet people were turning their noses up at Dan Quinn. At the end of the day, we know the decision that has to be made this offseason. You got to figure out what you're going to do at quarterback. But everything's on the table right now. And I think Dan Quinn and Adam Peters said as much yesterday or on Monday. Yesterday was Monday, right? It was. You get what I'm saying? At the end of the day, trading up is a possibility, I think. Trading down is a possibility. Not taking the quarterback in round one at all certainly is on the table. We're at the mercy of the evaluator here. For this next segment, we'll be at the mercy of your calls. 301 230 is the number. After hearing from Lewis Riddick on the quarterback position, what do you think Washington should ultimately do with that number two overall pick? There are a bevy of different ways this could go. I'm trying to preface, I'm trying to warn you all about what this offseason could bring. We have no clue. There are so many different ways they ultimately could go at this thing. But what do you want? 301 230 0980. Washington with the number two overall pick in April's draft. Which way do you want them to go with the pick? Your call's next here on the Team 980. It's the Hoffman Show, Team 980. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking up to 6 o'clock before we dish things over to our coverage of Maryland Terrapins basketball. They're at home tonight taking on Rutgers. Phone line's packed. If you're trying to call, keep calling. 301-230-0980 is the number. I want to take a big picture 
view at the quarterback position here in Washington. We played the audio from Lewis Riddick of ESPN, and you heard what he had to say. Washington needs to do whatever they need to do in order to move up and acquire Caleb Williams. And I'll be honest with you, like I said in the last segment, I flip back and forth each day on what Washington should ultimately do. It's a fun exercise. It's a stressful exercise. Because all of the options, I can convince myself that they make sense. You know why? Because at the end of the day, I understand as a fan of this team that hasn't seen prosperity, that hasn't seen success, I understand that we're all at the mercy of the evaluator. We asked for this. This is what I was on my knees praying for. A real general manager that's got a track record of acquiring quality talent, whether that's through the draft, whether that's through free agency. And what we know about Adam Peters, the draft is oh so important to what he wants to accomplish. We know the track record while he was in San Francisco, his ability to hit on late-round picks. I know all of that. But at the end of the day, I can see it from every angle. I understand how special Caleb Williams is. And I understand we'll pick all these prospects apart as the draft continues to roll or as the draft continues to get closer here. It's a one quarterback and then everybody else draft. I'm telling you, Caleb Williams is head and shoulders better than every other quarterback prospect in this class. And if you're Washington, you got to make the decision of this. Do I love Caleb enough? Do I love Jaden Daniels, for example, enough to take them? That's the other thing that we don't talk about. They have to be Beyonce crazy in love to select a quarterback at number two overall. And when I say Beyonce crazy in love, I mean Adam Peters has to be on board with it. Cliff Kingsbury has to be on board with it. Dan Quinn has to be on board with it. And most importantly, ownership. They're going to be in lockstep with this decision. So when it is ultimately decided and you all are going to complain and whine and cry about whatever decision they make, understand they're doing it all on the same page. This Ultimately what happens, there isn't going to be any confusion, any mixed messaging about the quarterback position like there's been in years past, whether it was the ownership that wanted them or the coach. We're past all of that. We're done being run like the ghetto. We're done acting like we're in the projects. We're acting like a suburban football team for once in my lifetime. I love to see it. But ultimately, like I said, I understand if you want to trade up and give the farm for Caleb Williams. He's that damn good. But I also get if you think it makes sense to sit at two and build around the quarterback that you take it to. I also understand if you feel like, you know what? See if Sam Howell's got it in him still. Huh? Sam Howell? Yeah. That's also a possibility. Like I said, we're at the mercy of the evaluator. We're at the mercy of you right now, though. 301-230-0980 is the number. What should the Washington Commanders be looking to do with that number two overall pick coming up in April's draft? Let's go out to lap. What's going on, lap? Hey, what's up with youngest in charge movement? What's up, bro? How you been? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Um, I I I would see what they would want, you know, for the number one pick. You know what I'm saying? Like what they looking for, at least acquire about it. 
You know what I'm saying? But if not, I'm I'm gonna go with uh Jalen Daniels. That's what I want. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. I mean, if you look at the last two second round picks we had, I mean they did get defensive offensive rookie of the year, but they got injured, so but uh I think Jalen Daniels would be nice, man, to have. So just whatever we gonna do, we just need to be smart and uh help benefit the team. So yeah. we'll see what happens, man. Would you can I can I can I ask you this though, Lap? Keep up the good work. Hey, I, I appreciate you. Let me uh, ask you this though, Lap, too, before we drop you. Yeah. Is there a decision yeah. that they can make it to that would turn you off as a fan? Mm, outside of, I guess, I was because I was gonna say if they wanted to trade. For somebody like a, a football player, like a, a quarterback, yeah, I probably wouldn't have rock with that. You know what I'm saying? Not like no Kyle Murray. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad at the uh, Justin Fields one if that's, that's a possibility. But that. that that's something we haven't yeah, brought up. I wouldn't but be I, mad I pre- about that. I appreciate the call. Justin Fields is interesting because, for the life of me, I I can't understand how you can see all the physical tools that he has, and think that he's not a salvageable quarterback. Look at the situation that he's in in Chicago. Let's go out to Eric. What's going on, Eric? Hey, hey how are you guys doing? I'm good. Um, how are you doing? I, I, I agree with everything. you have. I mean, the way you have worded everything up till now is like, I, I'm like right there on the same page with you. I mean, it's, we, there, there's no doubt that you know, if we could have uh, Caleb Williams I mean, what? Uh, behind the center, I mean, th- that that would be unbelievable. And, you know, just put a, a nice uh, offensive line in front of him and, you know, have him, you know, set up with, you know, the good receivers and tight ends and, you know, B-Rob and, you know, all the, the good guys that we have already. I, I That would just be unbelievable. But I think – what you have said is like spot on. We we just don't know quite yet what all these guys are thinking and what they ultimately want to do in April. But I trust this group. I mean, I, I that's this the key. Is an amazing group. That's the key. Is trusting this group. I mean, look, look look at this. We have a Josh Harris and Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, Joe Witt Jr. You know, and then our our OC. I keep forgetting his name. Cliff Kingsbury. Chris, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, it's what an amazing group that we have that are at the table. And I, I really think when they're all together, putting their heads together, I I think they'll end up doing what they think is really the best decision. Yeah. And that ultimately um, is all that matters, Eric. I appreciate the call. What are they going to do that's next and best for the organization? 1-800, excuse me, 301-230-0980 is the number. Washington has a big-time decision to make coming up in April. The big takeaway from yesterday's Dan Quinn introductory press conference is that him and Adam Peters and Josh Harris are all in lockstep right now. They damn sure better be in lockstep because when you're making a decision on quarterback – you got to have all hands on deck. What do you want, though? 301-230-0980 is the number. What do you want to do at the quarterback position? That's next, two on the Team 980. So if you're sitting there and you're Washington, 
and you have Cliff Kingsbury, and Caleb is from the area, and he has a great relationship with Cliff already, and he's tweeting out, and rather he's putting on Instagram, my dog. I mean, come on. Don't overthink some things here. So Lewis Riddick laying the smackdown on what the Washington commanders should do with the number two overall pick coming up in April's draft. If you're like Lewis Riddick and feel like there's no price too rich for Caleb Williams, call in 301-230-0980 is the number. What do you all think Washington should be looking to do with that number two overall pick? I know normally I'm very brash, bold, strong opinions. I genuinely am torn about what I want Washington to do. I wake up each and every day thinking something different because there's so many different ways that I think they ultimately could go. That's what I don't want to be lost in this. They can go so many different directions with this thing. They can trade up. They can trade down. They can stand pat and not take a quarterback. They can take a quarterback later in the first round. They can trade back up into the first round and take a quarterback. At the end of the day, though, I'm going to trust the decision that the powers that be come to. Because I've begged and pleaded for this organizational setup, for this organizational structure. So because of that, I'm going to let them cook. I'm going to let them work. Yeah, we all are going to have preferences, but I'm tired of this this privileged prima donna attitude some of y'all have as fans. What the hell do we expect? How can we be frustrated at any move they decide to make? That That's my only question out there. And if you want to answer that too, go ahead. It's still peaches and roses. We're still in the honeymoon phase. But darn it, the big decisions are about to have to be made. And the one thing I want us all to know is that we're at the mercy of the evaluator. It's my slogan. It's my phrase for the entirety of the offseason. Because when you really look at the backgrounds of the people making decisions, we know what Cliff Kingsbury's background is. He's worked with young quarterbacks in the past. He runs an air raid system. And... He may not be that good of a head coach, but as an OC, he speaks quarterback. We know that. We know Adam Peters in the way that he views the quarterback position, which I think isn't talked about enough. The two Super Bowl teams that he constructed, talking about that team led by Jimmy Garoppolo that got to the big dance, and then this current iteration of San Francisco that's there on the right arm of Brock Purdy. Notice what both of those teams have in common. Two quarterbacks under center that were not top five picks, that weren't even first round picks. So why are we not taking that into consideration? Why are we not taking into consideration the fact that we haven't seen Adam Peters take the big swing at quarterback yet? We don't know what he ultimately thinks about what Sam Howell is. Or about any of the quarterbacks that are in this draft. And I think the evaluation starts with Sam first. That's the big question that I'm waiting to have answered. Let's go out to Charles. What's going on, Charles? Man, you are not giving it to us right. First of all, Peters go after Trey Lance. So we have seen what he's done as far as drafting high, as far as quarterbacks go. And that was a complete debacle. I also give him a debacle grade uh, for the Ben Johnson situation, not being able to pull that off. 
Then what has uh, Caleb Williams ever won? He was 2-9 and nine against the top 25 in college. He's the same dude that, that, that cried when he lost to, in his mom's arms. We need a quarterback that's got a backbone. Is he, who's he going to cry Hold to on, that Michael doesn't mean you – because he cried in his mother's arms. I mean, he don't got backbone, Charles? I'd rather I'd rather have a quarterback yeah, I, I that hold my, on Charles I'd rather have a quarterback my, that cares far too much in my mom, in his mom's arms I want him to get up and 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 brush himself off like a cornerback and have a short memory and go out there and compete you act like he quit the rest of the I damn want, season Charles a quarterback and then third third Linnell how are you going to bring that dude here he already is a prima donna, making all these ridiculous claims and where he's going to go and where he's not going to oh, go. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. This, this, and and then, put him on. This, this is the problem I have with y'all. It, it wasn't a prima donna situation when it was Eli Manning forcing himself to the Giants. It wasn't a prima donna situation when it was John Elway forcing his way to, to Denver. But it's a prima donna situation if Caleb wants to do it. And that's the big thing. This is all speculative at this point. It is a major if. We don't know that Caleb Williams is trying to force his way out of Chicago. We know, here's what we do know about Caleb. And this has been reported by Albert Breer and other credible insiders in the National Football League. What we know is this. His father may be a little bit to handle, but not one scout, not one talent evaluator is going to question the work ethic of Caleb Williams. They're not going to question the leadership of Caleb Williams, his ability to relate to all walks of life in the locker room, no matter how rich or how poor your background is, no matter what skin color you are, that is the trait that I want in my quarterback. All of you out there bitching and moaning because he paints his nails, I don't give a damn if you wore a dress. If the kid's going to go out there and play quarterback at the level we saw him play it at the past two to three seasons, sign me up. And now, based on conversation, I like I said, I understand every way they can attack it. But you can't tell me that there's a price that costs too much to go up and get him. Because at the end of the day, if he proves to be what you what we think he can be, it isn't going to matter. Who the hell is going to remember the second round pick that they traded up to get Caleb Williams? I say it all the time about quarterback in the National Football League, especially these young cats when they first come out. Their ability to have success is completely contingent upon fit. And if you don't think that Washington is an ideal fit for Caleb Williams, I don't know what else to tell you. The writing's on the wall, people. You can't, you can't stop destiny. You can't stop fate. It really feels like we're on a crash course to Caleb Williams coming here to D.C., and I'm okay with it. Let's go to Devon. What's going on, Devon? What's up, Lanell? I definitely agree with what you're saying, man. It could go either way, and we just so brainwashed as Washington fans is that we ask for new things. We ask for to be a sustainable franchise and really have a new, a real GM and run like a normal NFL team, and we're getting that, and it's like we still want to still think through the same eyes and the same, same mindset of the Dan Snyder era. That era is over. Ron is gone. We have to trust in, trust in this process with them. You know, and I'm the same way, man. If we trade up for Caleb, obviously that's what they feel like is best for us. If we stay pat at two and pick a quarterback, or if not pick a quarterback, or if we stay with Sam, or if we stay with Justin Fields, 
I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm like there's so many other ways exactly. that I can't be so on this on one. My pick will be trade down and get Jalen uh, Jalen Daniels and get more picks. But then again, it's like if you do trade up to get Caleb Williams, I'm cool with that too. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like if you make that move to trade up and give up a, a, a King's ransom, yes, he could be a he can be a franchise quarterback. He can, but it's still going to be a question mark, and we're not just a quarterback away. So giving up a King's ransom when you got other holes to fill, just my opinion, I feel like I don't think they should do that. But if you do. I'm all for it, too, but it's, I'm with you, Linnell. There's so many options, for sure. and this is what we ultimately want. We want all these options for on sure. the table as fans. But, of course, we'll find something not to like. Like, everybody <laughs> wanted ben, uh, ben Johnson. He hasn't done this before. We got a new GM, a new owner. Why wouldn't you want somebody with some experience and some uh, thread on the tire to on. be in Come charge? On. Why do you want a new person, all this new stuff, like, I wasn't a Ben Johnson person. I wanted Dan Quinn. So it's like, man, you're gonna we're gonna find something wrong with it. But ultimately for we sure. just gotta we rode the train for thirty years. Why not jump on Keep this on train? riding. Look, I appreciate the call, Devon. 980 is the number. Talking quarterback, what do you want Washington to ultimately do with that number two overall pick? They've got a bevy of different options on the table. We don't really know. What the evaluation's going to hold when uh, Adam Peters and Cliff Kingsbury go back and watch the tape of all these quarterbacks. At the end of the day, I'll keep saying it. We're at the mercy of the evaluator. But when we come back, we'll continue to be at the mercy of the fans. 301-230-0980 is the number. If you had it your way, if you were Adam Peters and company, what would you be looking to do with that number two overall pick? Your call's next.